Hello, and welcome to Shut Off That Noise. I'm Craig Riddock. In this episode, I speak with the four members of the band Red Nightfall, vocalist and keyboard player Addison Siemko, bassist and backing vocalist Patrick Illion, guitarist and backing vocalist Jason McLean, and their newest member, drummer Greg Arnold, who joined just after the newest recording was completed. I'll be featuring three tracks from their new album, Anna, Don't Disappear, starting with this one. Here's Red Nightfall with Marion. your headphones on correctly you will have greg arnold in your left ear at the far left patrick illion will be at the center left at the center right there'll be jason mclean the guitar player and at your very far right ear you're going to hear addison Semko. Anna, don't disappear just got released basically officially this this month right mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, January. Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. Technically yeah. last month. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sorry. It's just February first. I'm about 24 hours behind. Yeah. yeah. So, um, how long did uh, how long did it take you guys to, to record that one? Uh, recording started. Okay. This is Jason answering. 2014. It was 2014. 2014. Yeah. So yeah, 
It took about two years. So basically, hot on the heels of uh, Late in the Fever. Yeah. 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 That was released August 2013, I remember. Okay. That's Addison. Started, first session was probably January 2014, yeah. right? For this one? And then off and on. Yeah, it was off and on. That's why. And that was Patrick over there. Order. Yeah. Okay. And where did you record this one? So the drums and a lot, a lot of it was recorded at a studio called River 16 in Oakville. Mm-hmm. And um, the rest was recorded in our engineer, uh, Daniel Miato's house in the East End. He's got a okay. setup. Yeah, he went to school with uh, Greg and I. Yeah. Is that the setup that I saw? Like I was flipping through some photos that you got on your old Facebook page and there's one shop like looking at... Uh, an engineer from behind and he's got like a whole right, array that, of speakers yeah, I think that's actually at uh, River 16 in Oakville yeah. okay right okay. okay that was Patrick the, uh, his basement setup is it's like is a basement setup like really okay yeah, so one of the one of the instruments was recorded between uh, I can't remember which I think it was the sax was record recorded between the landlord doing plumbing <laughs> so yeah. then like the noise stops and then we go for a take <laughs> and, then, and then the landlord's like and they didn't even know I don't think the landlord knows yeah. yeah. Or are new. So he never knew what was going on. Yeah. It's like he's like not waiting for the saxophone to stop. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like hammering again or anything. It wasn't my ideal setup. Yeah. But, <laughs> but we <laughs> made it but yeah. we made it work. Yeah. So that's just like kind of to show why it took so long. Yeah. In a way. But yeah, no excuses either. No. It's I on, like the it's on us. It sounds great. It's um, like I'm I'm listening to all three of them sort of in bits and pieces, and what what I seem to observe is that you guys kind of like like came to do your self titled one like with your sound already kind of like ready, and like I think that you're you're slowly adding to the musical terrain that you're doing, and then it seems like there's more layers that, on this one than than before. Um, that's how I would describe it. How would yeah. you? How would you guys describe the progression of your sound that's gone on, it's on since twenty eleven? I guess. Well, it's, that's very kind of you to say. First off, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you're so close to, you, you probably don't see that kind of progression. It's just like it is, you know, what you create. We should we should mention like um, Patrick Addison and I have known each other since high school. Yeah, last year in high school, but way before. The album, like our first album, okay. came out. We we had already been jamming and writing songs with uh, with another guy, our first drummer named Ben Faulkner. Yeah, and that was like that kind of like formed the sound in a, in a lot of ways. Or that's where we like kind of it was. It was more proggy it, then. Yeah, it, it, it changed quite a bit tool before the like, first album. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, yeah, it was, but yeah, that's a, that's where so, we started. Yeah. So prog yeah. rock isn't a bad word in this room. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. I no. There are. I guess when I say Prague, I mean like King Crimson. Like that's what I mean too. It's yeah. It's, I, like, it's I, like I don't know. Not a, it's not. I wouldn't say it's a main influence, but it's, it's like in there. so. Like Prague is like when is like when rock and roll kind of like went sideways from the blues and like or not even sideways from the blues, but they just embraced classical. Exactly. And I think that like yeah. So that vein of music mixed with the blues blues end of music, yeah. It's like, I, I can hear Prog's, prog, a, prog's a loaded word. I yeah, I know, I know it is. Yeah, you never know if you're offending somebody or not. And for for me, like growing up, uh, like a like a kid in the seventies and then like a teenager in the eighties, like yeah. I, I actually really refuted the eighties a lot and just didn't get it and was really? like still still listening to King Crimson and a lot of jazz fusion and Miles Davis and yeah. and uh, old Genesis. So yeah, 
like I said, old Genesis. The reason I said old Genesis is because there was that interplay between Steve Hackett and uh, and uh, the, the other guy. Mike Rutherford. No, don't look at me on that one. Yeah, great. Don't don't you. Your only hope. Yeah. <laughs> I'll correct myself uh, with an overdub here, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's like the, the, like you've got you've definitely got a sort of a classical guitar playing style. Like, did you actually study classical no. guitar? Or no, no, kinda... no lessons either. No. Okay. I always thought it was like when I hear Jay's playing, it's kind of like he got a a rhythm guitar, but he also has those kind of leads in there too, and he plays an electric, like an acoustic. So it's like something that I I've played with other people, but I don't mm-hmm. really you don't really find it. There, yeah, there are times when you, he's, you just hear him playing from another room, and it's it's like there are two different guitars going on. Then you come in, and it's just him playing. Yeah. I should say that this is the first album that anyone's mentioned the guitar. Also, <laughs> it's usually it's yeah. usually the bass. Well, we're so, but it's, I'll uh, get to that. Okay, we're going, we're going <laughs> I will say I will say first, like I will say that uh, Johnny Marr of the Smiths is a huge influence on my guitar playing, and probably everyone else's of our generation. Yeah. Yeah. Where he plays a mixture between lead and rhythm, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, I don't hold a candle to his playing, so I don't want to yeah. confuse or, um, yeah, I don't want to seem like I'm important. <laughs> for, for the complexity of your guitar lines I, and the complexity of the bass lines, I, you guys never step on each other. There's a really great weaving between it. Is this a, is this a this like? And you said you've known each other for yeah for think, a long time. So is that a that's a chemistry that you kind of? I think so. I think it all goes back to the fact that we've been playing together for so long. Um, I've I learned to play bass while jamming with Jason and while jamming with Addison. So um, I think that kind of helps. I kind of understand how the ebb and flows of Jason's guitar playing will work, and I kind of work with Addison as well and, and figure something out in that realm. So have you guys built a chemistry enough now that you're like writing all in the same room? or like I, I didn't get an indication from any of your liner notes who the, if there's like one writer who's going up on the mountain and writing the songs and bringing them to the band and then here guys play these parts. or are you, do you... I, uh, I do go to the mountain alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I don't do all the You writing. date yourself as well. Yes. Yeah. Uh, actually, well, we should mention that uh, Greg. Greg uh-huh. is the uh, new member of the band. He, um, oh. He's not actually, he's not on the album. Yes, you were saying. Yes. But yeah. I'm going to get to that. Well. I, think, I think this would be a good question for him because like, the chemistry and the writing in the room is, is starting again with Greg. And yeah, I don't That's know. Amazing. That's yeah. so, amazing. Uh, we don't, we, we usually don't write in the same room. Like we, like Addison and I and Pat would send demos because we were in college, uh-huh. and we just send demos and we write. Like Addison and I, especially, don't we can't jam. Yeah. Uh, Greg and Pat, like they can write in the jam room, but we just we yeah. fail at it. Yeah, I think <laughs> like for the longest time it was Jay would have a riff or he'd have an idea and then he'd send it out to Pat and I, and you know sometimes it'd be like at the highest peak there'd be like multiple day, sometimes like one a day, sometimes just one a week, but like he just send them, send them, send them, and it was more like. Either Pat and I, and he didn't care like what one stuck or not, and like either Pat and I were the ones who could decide, oh, this kind of works or this doesn't work. We'll pick them and then we'll just like add to it and then bring it to a space and kind of work on it more. But like, yeah, I mean, if there was one that Jay really liked, he would like rework it or like resend it as if he'd never sent it before. <laughs> it's, very, it's very much like lobbying, uh, like yeah, in politics, you know. But <laughs> now, now I, I I like the dynamics shifted more to now that we. I've gone back to regularly jamming more. We can actually just get in the room and you know do that and kind of kind of getting better at that. But still, like Jay and I, you get us into a room just the two of us. It's like, well, I don't know. Like, I, I he has to start a song and then I have to layer on top and then 
it's still that dynamic. So maybe we need to work on that. But it's worked so far, and I like that. I like being able to just take uh, take something and then kind of like sit on it and really think about it. So. And here's the fifth cut from Anna Don't Disappear, Tuxedo M. first and then they maybe have some scraps of ideas they like and they try and fit that to the melody or they just start saying you know or like the you hear a lot of like people talking about writing those like those tops or leads or whatever they call them or pop songs like yeah they, they call them top lines top lines yeah and they just like they just like say garbage and then they try and fit something to it it's not quite like to that level it's more i do have something i want to say i just got to make sure uh, it's massaged to the point that i like it or it's just sometimes it just it works with the melody I see, I see. 
Well, you mentioned that um, Greg is starting to become a part of the writing process, and you're mm-hmm. already working on new material now. That's yeah. that's amazing. So, okay, so the album dropped last month. Now that I've got the my sense of timing correct, <laughs> and I'm in the right time zone, um, were they already finishing up the album when you when you arrived on the scene? When when I came on the scene. Um, the whole process of me even joining the band was very strange. <laughs> um, as we mentioned earlier, the our pro- the producer of the album, Dan, he's a he's a fantastic guitar guy. Like he can fix up any guitar, really. Yeah. Um, so he's got a he works out of a shop called Cask. So I bring my guitar to him. Haven't seen him for a while. Bring it in. It's like it's been like a year or so since I've even got new strings on this guitar. Just just clean it up, tune it up, whatever. And when I go pick it up, I say to him. If you know of anyone who's looking for a drummer, let me know, because I want to get back into playing. And I haven't been playing for, it's been about six years from between bands. And a week later, he says, hey, um, <clears throat> I need a drummer for this one band that I'm, I'm playing in. It's like, okay. So I join his band. And we start practicing, rehearsing, and then we do a show, and now we're looking for bands to play in the show. Well, it ended up being Jason and <laughs> Addison just going up on stage for two sets individually. Yeah. Okay. Pat was there, and I, that was the that was the first day I met Pat. Yeah. Jason ended up running sound for us that night because we needed someone to run the board because I was running the board for everybody else. Okay. That was fun. Yeah. And and then it ended up being um, me and Jason just talking and saying how he's in need of a drummer, and it's like, hmm, do I drop the bug that I'm willing to play in two bands? Yeah. I see. And then we get the call and. So by the time I ended up rehearsing with these guys, all the drum parts were already done. Yeah. So it was my role to to learn what the other drummers had already done beforehand, yeah. and then kind of bring in my own elements where I can. So are you learning exactly three albums or two albums and a five song EP worth of material, or like I've, has over the years you guys sort of pared it down to a set that, like that that works in bars and. Stuff like that. Well, when, How has that been curated? When I when I first came in, that was my question too. Do I need to go? Do I need to know the entire back catalog? Is there anyone who's going to ask for for this song from this album that I don't know? And that's going to be very awkward. And uh, the band just pretty much said, "Nah, we're just going to do the new stuff." Yeah, it's yeah. easy when you don't have any fans. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. nobody's like requesting the song. Okay, yeah. He's yeah. just he yeah. We just weren't uh, asked great to, to play a few for from the new album and then. Work on new stuff. Yeah, we like we like to stack and we like to move forward. Yeah, and I don't know. I've been really impressed. Like you, doing the new new stuff, being and don't disappear. It's like, you know, you're not doing it exactly the way it is in the recording. You're doing it your own way, and you're actually incorporating some like dubs into what you're doing. Yeah. So like, and that I much prefer that than you trying to like just do exactly what it is because like, you know. You have to do what you want to do and how it works for you, so yep. it then works in a live setting. Yeah, and the, the key thing that I, I noticed for there were certain songs like like with Tuxedo, there's a there's a lot of background vocals that are filling things out. So when you play it live, it doesn't sound the same way. So you end up changing, at least for me, I end up changing some of the drum part to just fill it out more to make it sound less empty. Because if you listen to the drum part on Tuxedo, it's it's very. Um, Syncopated. There's not a. There's not really a constant rhythm on the hats or the tambourine that's going on. It's it's eighth notes that are just hitting right where they need to, mm-hmm. and it works great for the song as a as a production piece. But live, it doesn't translate the way we want it to, or we haven't found the correct yeah. way to do it. But then that's that's up to me to try and figure out. Okay, is it something on my part that I can do to fill it out a bit more? 
just to keep the energy up where it needs to be. And here's the third track that I'm featuring from Anna Don't Disappear. Here's Red Nightfall and St. Petersburg. And I have always been some kind of blue Delayed plane and I was into you alone Ooh, look I couldn't shake Made bed laid out your lover's name And I remember you were lonely then With lips Ooh, lips as warm as me But she needed warmth and wanted Only to forget darker side of that first so careless undress the fire branded mine was something you caught soon and I was here Now that we're yeah. just working on our, our set right now, actually. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this, this, so this year's the plan, yeah. 
Yeah. So, so uh, what's your aspirations in that department? Are you going to like try and get really busy and start playing like a couple of shows a month and get out of t- get out of the city? And yeah, yeah, that'd every, be great. anything and everything. <laughs> yeah, I really miss playing live, and I just I, with what we have now, I, I just yeah, I'm more than you know excited more than ever to do that. So um, it's just yeah, you really want it to be right again, and it's been so long like. So many things have changed, so it would just be nice to to put start with a new, you know, fresh start. Great. In a way. Yeah, I wonder. Like when I listen to your material, like there's there's ener- there's there's energy songs and yeah, there's a yeah. lot of stuff that's got a lot of nuance, yeah. and it feels like I w- for me my ideal venue for it would be like the Soft Cedar Theater. Like, I, I, like how do you guys feel when you get into an environment with a bar where the people that are twenty feet away from you are just talking? Uh, does, yeah. does that really? How do, how is that for you guys? Like, I, I want Pat, Pat to answer this. <laughs> um, yeah, well, like we kind of when we were playing live before, I, I think we could just kind of taking whatever we could get. Almost um, a lot of the places that we were playing were exactly how you described. Like you got to call like, out stuff like table fifteen, your pizza's ready. <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing like that. No, no, no nothing Not like that. Uh, there's lots of like everybody buy beer. And well, I was just what, doing that for fun and yeah. like, throw the, the bartenders a bone. I mean, they're already making the money, right? Yeah, yeah it's um, felt like you should do that. But yeah, I think I don't know if there's any particular venues that we really wanted to play that we never did. We actually did play a lot. I was thinking back to it. Like yeah. we, did, we played a few, quite a few times. But like you know, the big ones like Horseshoe, Lee's Palace, mm-hmm. Selma Combo. Yeah. Um, you know, the one on my list before I die is Massey Hall. But mm-hmm. that's you know, I don't know if that's anytime soon. I uh, I, I like the bars. I liked I like the noise and the I like uh, feeling like you're like you have to win them. Mm-hmm. In a way, yeah. And I, and I, when I when I go up, I don't expect people to be like it's it's our job to make them pay attention or make them want to pay attention. So when people are talking and stuff, it's because we suck. Yeah. <laughs> like that's how I view it. Yeah, they're not like that we, like why why should I feel so entitled that people should just turn and like listen to me? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Like you have to be good to I'm because I'm the same way as like I view it like when I go to shows, I, I'm respectful obviously, but yeah. I'll walk out if it's annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you expect the same treatment. And here's one more track from Red Nightfall from their self-titled album, the first recording. Here's Windmills.
Now, there you have a band with gravitas and artistry. There is just so much nuance and depth and intelligence to what they do. I am just in love with their sound. And let me tell you about next week. I'll be speaking with Rebecca Burton about her article in Canadian Theatre Review about the pros and cons of collaboration. So until next time, I'm Craig Riddock, and you've been listening to Shut Off That Noise. (laughs) 